everybody. It's Isaac here with uh, Pro Football Chase. Excited to be coming to you live on this Wednesday lunchtime, 1.18 p.m. Eastern, uh, 12.18 Central. If you're on the on the uh, Pacific time, it's just mid-morning for you, 10.18. Excited to be joining you this Wednesday as uh, I continue to roll on with my shows every Wednesday. And uh, I kind of wanted to use this episode you know, as a way to, to look at some things coming up in the offseason. Well, you know, on Tuesday, the NFL franchise slash transition tag window officially opened up, which means that teams who have impending free agents can now officially apply the franchise tag to the player or uh, they can wait and see it out until the end of the March 8th, 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline and run the risk of having one of their top players hit unrestricted free agency. Now, the transition tag is another one that teams use, except it kind of just gives teams the first right of refusal. Um, and so it's not necessarily as, I guess, engaging and committed to a player as franchise, but transition tag is certain teams could consider if they're unwilling to pay that high price tag of a franchise tag. All right. Now, with that being said, there's quite a bit of players that are candidates for the franchise slash transition tag before March 8th deadline. Of course, you got the one who is being the most talked about, Devontae Adams. He if you did unrestricted free agency, hands down, you'd be the best free agent available. His resume speaks for itself. Plus, he's coming off a career high, 1553 receiving yards in 2021. Since 2018, he's led the NFL in receptions with 432, receiving yards with 5,310, and receiving touchdowns with 47. I mean, everything about the Packers' approach, obviously, hinges on Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams is certainly a big key cog in that Green Bay offense, whether it's Rodgers under center or Jordan Love, whoever may be prioritizing Devontae Adams is going to be atop the Green Bay Packers wish list. So I think it's pretty safe to say that if the sides don't agree to a long-term extension by that March 8th deadline, um, Adams is going to get slapped with the franchise tag. Now, I guess the whole Rodgers situation does carry some weight because uh, Adams has made it clear that he wants to play with Aaron Rodgers. That's his quarterback. So you would imagine that if Rodgers, you know, eventually says he wasn't going to make his decision long, well, he still hasn't given an indication as to what he plans to do in 2022. But if you're the Packers, you're certainly hoping that Aaron Rodgers returns before that March 8th deadline. That way, maybe uh, both sides, Adams and the Packers, can kind of ramp up talks and get something finalized. But it will not be cheap, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Devontae Adams apparently wants close to 25-plus million, wants to become the highest-paid wide receiver, and right, rightfully so. So keep an eye on Devontae Adams. He's a guy that for sure... Um, will be in high demand should he get onto the market, which we all know will not happen. Another player to keep an eye on is Jesse Bates. 
the standout safety all pro for the Cincinnati Bengals was pivotal in the Bengals playoff run this year. Uh, I think taking care of Bates should rank very high on the Cincinnati Bengals wish list this offseason. He was third among all safeties with 406 tackles since he was drafted in 2018. Um, his regular season did not quite live up to expectations. He did return to his top form in the playoffs. He led all the players with six passes defensed um, and earning the highest pro football focus grade, 88-1 among safeties. Now, Bates is just about to turn 25 years old. Still hasn't even hit his prime. I mean, this is a no-brainer. If the Bengals can't get Jesse Bates under contract long-term, franchise tag certainly coming his way. Here's another player, Harold Landry. He's also coming off a career-high season. 12 sacks. We all know that edge rushers are just tremendously valued in the market. And so you know Harold Landry is licking his chops in his market. He's going to pull in go off for a career year, 12 sacks, and then should every hit free agency, this is a guy that will be wiped off the market on day one of the legal tampering period. You know that there are desperate teams out there with a lot of money who are looking to improve um, their, their edge rushing situation. Harold Landry makes a ton of sense. I think it's possible um, that that he can maybe land elsewhere. The Tennessee Titans are unwilling to pay him his accommodations, but that franchise tag could be that placeholder for Tennessee um, should both sides have interest in re-upping on a large deal later down the road. So next guy here that's talked quite a bit, okay? Uh, but J.C. Jackson, okay, Um the thing about J.C. Jackson is is he's a ball hawk. You know what I mean? This is this guy is not is a very special, unique player in the way he can track down the ball. Um, and the thing is, is that right now J.C. Jackson his twenty five interceptions since twenty eighteen. Um, he leads the NFL, um, and he led the league in passing defense in twenty twenty one with twenty three. The thing about J.C. Jackson is that there are some games where he can kind of be underwhelming, but this guy is a ball hawk. He's going to get out there. He's going to force turnovers, you know, and he's a lockdown corner. And undrafted, the utmost respect for him, you know he's going to want to get a bag, right? The tag for Jackson right now would cost the Patriots pretty much $17.5 million. Right now they're projecting it to be $17.295 million for J.C. Jackson. Um, New England is kind of uh, hard to read. You know, you don't know uh, what their stance is in terms of getting J.C. Jackson signed to a lucrative extension. Uh, the franchise tag and trade could be in play. Or Bill Belichick could just say, fine, you know, we'll find your replacement in the draft or we'll find a cheaper option. But it's hard to argue J.C. Jackson and his worth um, that he's brought to that New England defense. Now, a reminder... J.C. Jackson's emergence and presence was one of the main reasons as to why the Patriots felt so free to cut ties with all-pro corner Stephon Gilmore. And then they eventually traded him for, what, a six-round pick to Carolina. 
and I know his contract is up. He's a free agent, so the Patriots probably figured, well, we can get a six-round pick while he's still recovering. We'll take something instead of nothing. Um, and he did. He played a couple games for Carolina once he was fully healthy from that uh, quad injury, and he showed that he's still a shutdown corner. And so my point being, J.C. Jackson is a pivotal part to New England's defense. And so I would be very surprised if New England uh, lets him hit unrestricted free agency without placing a franchise tag or even a transition tag on JSO to monitor, but he certainly for a franchise tag slash transition tag that is there. Now here's another key player on offense coming from the AFC West, Mike Williams. I mean, another guy who came onto the scene in 2021 Career season, 76 receptions, um, 1,146 yards, plus five of his nine receiving touchdowns went for at least 20 yards. And the crazy thing about it is I remember, you know, when Williams came out of Clemson, a lot of people knocked him saying, well, this guy is not a big play threat. You know, he's a possession guy, a, good, a guy that you can use in the red zone. Um, you can throw back shoulder face to in the corner of the end zone. Just a big body guy. Well, I mean, Mike Williams, I think, has really improved his route running ability. He's also had some success creating separation at the line of scrimmage. And when you look at that stat, five of his nine receiving touchdowns were for at least 20 yards. I mean, that just goes to show you that Justin Herbert has developed an immense amount of confidence in Mike Williams to be able to target him the ball in one-on-one coverage. And so that's exactly what he brings to that L.A. pass game. Of course, you got the nifty route runner in Keenan Allen, who's a thousand yard receiver every single year, it seems like. But Mike Williams, make no mistake about it, because of his presence and his put in a conundrum trying to figure out, well, are we going to double Keenan Allen as we get into the world? And so that opened up some news receivers and kind of brought right down the field and so Mike Williams he plays a bigger role in that Chargers offense than some people are willing to credit him for and while some Chargers may say uh, or Chargers fans may say let him walk let him get paid somewhere else we can replace him we have Josh Palmer plus the draft has another good batch of receivers not so fast Mike Williams is very valuable and the franchise tag could very well be on the table for the Chargers and Mike Williams ahead of that March 8th franchise tag deadline. A couple more for you here. Orlando Brown, obviously. This one is is probably the most unkept secret. I mean, Brett Veach, uh, the GM for Kansas City, he acquired Orlando Brown in that big-time trade last offseason with the impression that he was going to lock up Brown to a lucrative extension, make him their starting left tackle for years to come. They traded a first-round pick among other selections. So there's absolutely no way they're going to let him be a one-season rental, which is why Kansas City will use the tag, but they're extra motivated to, to finalize a long-term deal, get Orlando Brown locked up as they continue to solidify that young offensive line, a rekindled offensive line that performed very well this year for Patrick Mahomes and company. Carlton Davis, uh, the number one corner for the Buccaneers, he too is slated as an unrestricted free agent. I mean, season because of quadriceps injury and the defense suffered for it. 
you know, without Carlton Davis back there, obviously Sean Murphy Bunting was out with that hyperextended elbow. But Carlton Davis has really emerged as a true shutdown cornerback in this NFL. Despite missing those seven games, he still had 11 pass defense and brought his total of pass defenses to 52 in four years. And so since the Bucks are in transition, we know Tom Brady is in retirement. They're going to try to salvage this win-now approach if they can find a veteran quarterback that can come in and win them games. But nonetheless, we know corners, just like edge rushers, they're two of the highest-valued positions in the NFL. Make no mistake, Carlton Davis, if he is able to test the market, he's a guy that can probably get paid in the top two, top three in the league. I know that sounds crazy. I'm not saying he's a top three corner in the NFL, but it just goes with the market and where it's at right now. He is a big-ticket player. And again, teams spend a lot of money on edge rushers, and teams throw a lot of money at corners. So Carlton Davis is certainly a guy that other teams are probably circling trying to see if he's going to make it to free agency. So that's why Tampa may be wise if they can figure out the cap situation to make sure they utilize and uh, and, and keep him on track. All right. So Dalton Schultz, that's the name we've heard. I'm hearing from some sources that Dallas is unlikely to utilize the franchise tag on Schultz because, you know, they're going to let him hit the free agency and get a bag somewhere else. I mean, he's coming off one breakout season, 78 passes, 808 yards, eight touchdowns. And this is a chance for the former fourth-round pick to get paid appropriately. And the Cowboys are unlikely to pay Schultz his full value, especially when they have to take care of a lot of their own free agents like Randy Gregory, J. Ron Curse, and they're also hard-pressed against some other cap numbers as well. But the franchise tag number is projected to be just under $11 million. I'm sorry. I like Schultz. I'm a Cowboys fan. I think the guy was probably the most reliable receiving target for Dak Prescott this season. But $11 million for Dallas on the hook to a tight end, especially when they have Blake Jarwin on the roster. And then the tight end group this year in the draft class is very deep. So you look at a guy like Ruckert out of Ohio State, you know, Dallas can target in the third round, find his replacement on the cheap. I believe that's the route that Dallas goes. And so there's a strong chance that Schultz ends up playing elsewhere in 2022. A couple more names for you. Marcus Williams, he's a safety. He got the tag last year, and he may get the tag again this year. Um, big part of their secondary, you know that the Saints are big on the continuity aspect. They want to make sure they can keep players in that system. Dennis Allen now taking over as head coach, defensive-minded. I'm sure that Dennis Allen... Uh, as Marcus Sims trying to take care of his offseason. And I'd imagine that Marcus Williams would not be too thrilled about getting the franchise tag for a second straight year just because you don't have that long-term support. And God forbid, if an injury is suffered, you're on a one-year deal, and next thing you know, your market value crashes and burns before you can get a good payday in. So Marcus Williams, hopefully he can get paid, whether it's with the Saints or a long-term deal elsewhere. And then Mike Gusecki, this is a guy that had career-hizing catches, 73 catches, 780 yards, uh, the team's second-leading receiver behind rookie Jalen Waddell. 
The Dolphins, unlike some of the teams I just talked about, they're in great shape cap-wise, and this is the offseason that they have to continue to surround Tua Tungavailoa with as many pieces and weapons as possible. You know, Mike McDaniel is now the head coach there in Miami, which is why I believe that Gusecki will be prioritized by the Dolphins' new coaching rank. And Mike McDaniel, he knows what George Kittle was in that San Francisco offense and how big of an impact a tight end can have. He should look at Mike Gusecki. He should understand the importance of keeping him around. And uh, that's why I think Gusecki will either get that franchise tag and then again, Miami in good shape to hammer out a final long-term deal um, for the Miami Dolphins. So uh, there's some 10 names there for you that guys who are to to keep tabs on between uh, this franchise slash transition tag window that opened up yesterday. It does close on March 8th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So um, it's going to be big. We'll see how things get close. I know Brian Gutenkunst, the GM for the Packers, just met with the media moments ago, and he says he doesn't necessarily like using the franchise tag on players. He was asked if there's a chance that Devontae Adams could hit free agency, and he said, you know, basically didn't rule it out, you know, which would be wild. You know, I think right now it's all talk, right, you know, that there's still a couple of weeks left for things to get sorted out. They're still waiting to see what Rodgers is going to do, but it would be pretty wild and pretty surprising if the Packers let Devontae Adams get to free agency, especially with those Raiders lurking. You know, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, they're close from their time at Fresno State. They have the money to make a big rush at Devontae Adams. We'll see what happens there. But those are some names, uh, once again, to keep on your radar. All right. Now, the next topic here on the agenda is the NFL Scouting Combine. It's coming up from Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, day one, when players start checking in, is Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, and then it goes all the way to March 7th. Now, I believe the workouts will start on the weekend portion. I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when the players will be going with their workouts. And, of course, you know, if you've been following closely this week, um, agents were not happy with the NFL's initial decision to put a bubble in place there at, at, in Indianapolis because agents were saying, so you're basically going to diminish um, our clients' value and their opportunities to go meet with teams in person. And so a lot of agents pushed back on that bubble idea that the NFL had initially come up with. Um, some of them were saying, you know what? We'll have our clients get to the combine. We'll have them go through medicals. We'll have them do their interviews. But we're going to hold them out from workouts, right? Because if you're not going to give them enough time, enough space to work out, then what's the point of actually having them run the risk of getting hurt rather just have them work out at their pro days? Well, guess what? The NFL folded because they know that the NFL combine is a big time money maker. They know that with all the views, you know, moving some of those drills to prime time, they know that it's a pretty well-watched event, especially with all of us fans in a football craze. I mean, we're going to go on our second Sunday without any football. By the time the combine comes, I mean, it's already been two, three weeks. We're, we're lacking the NFL content, the activity. And so they know that eyes will be on the combine, and they want to have the top prospects showcasing their athleticism for all the national audience to see. So that is 
um, something that was changed. The NFL came and said, we're going to get rid of the bubble then. We're going to let players have that flexibility to go around town and talk with teams and go about business as usual. Now, it's also worth noting that the Combine does serve as kind of a, I'll say, illegal tampering per se. A lot of teams, especially that are looking to re-sign the agents ahead of the new, which is March, that meet their agents. They'll go, you know, grab dinner at an Indianapolis steakhouse. They'll talk business. They'll get an idea for what asking price they're, the, the player is asking for. They'll first get a sense to see if there's any way that they can actually hammer out a deal because oftentimes some of these teams will meet with their players' agents and they'll realize right from the jump that their price tag is way too high than what they're willing to pay and what they're willing to afford. And so in that case, that's when you start seeing a lot of reports coming out of players that are, are likely to hit free agency because teams are not on the same page in terms of their value. Um, again, that doesn't necessarily mean the player is going to leave in free agency. You know, it just means that the team's going to say, you know what, you know, go hit free agency, test your market, see what type of offers you can get, and then you'll come back to the table and we'll see if we can um, find some common ground. So I'm sure that week, there will be a lot of rumors. You know, every year at the Combine, you hear rumors about which players could be on the move via trade. You hear rumors about teams that are um, interested in some high-profile free agents. I mean, it, it's basically um, what a lot of NFL fans crave is the rumors. Who, who's going where? You know, you want to know what your team is thinking, who your team could be targeting, which draft prospects is your team talking to, especially if you're a fan of a franchise that's looking to identify the next long-term answer at quarterback right now? The uh, quarterback draft class this year isn't necessarily strong. Um, I think we can all agree on that, at least on paper compared to other years. But you got the Washington Commanders you have um, who, are, who are a team that could be looking for a quarterback. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers now with Big Ben retiring. You know that You've heard them being linked to uh, Willis, you know, the quarterback from, from Liberty. And so, you know, you got, you got people reporting saying the Steelers, you know, met with Willis for three, four hours, right? And then that's all the NFL community needs to know. And then next, you know, you see reports saying, you know, Willis is now favored by Pittsburgh because they are meeting with him longer than, say, Kenny Pickett, who's a Pennsylvania native. And so it just gets crazy. Uh, and that's why the Combine – Every year, it's always just a circus. It's fun as a media member, covering some of the rumors, reaching out to some agents I know, talking with some marketing reps who represent some high-profile players, seeing what's coming through, um, who's going where. And so some of that stuff I will be posting on my page, you know, trying to see and track some rumors on who could be headed where. Um, and so I'm excited. You know, I think it's coming quick. And then, obviously, we're a couple of weeks away from the start of the new league year, which is March 14th. It is a Monday, the spring break for a lot of people. I know my school districts, we have our spring break uh, the week prior um, to March 14th. So I'll have an early spring break, which means during my work week, you know I'm going to be tracking free agency news like a hawk, contacting people I know in the league, seeing what's going on, gauging the temperature of who's available. And I also have a feeling that there are going to be some uh, pretty, I'll say, 
um, eye-catching traits. I, I think some teams are going to swing for the fences. They're going to try to follow the less need path that the Rams used to win their Super Bowl. They're going to go all in. You know, they're going to understand that, you know what, if you're the Bengals, right, for example, you're sitting there at 31, you know you need to bolster that offensive line for Joe Burrow. There's rumors about Laramie Tunzel being available via trade. You know, maybe that's a situation where Houston, that's a young, developing, uh, rebuilding team. Maybe they're willing to trade Larry Tunzel for the 31st overall pick and maybe a couple of other mid-round picks. And so that's what I'm talking about. Those are the type of trades that I can see happening um, this offseason for teams that are looking for an instant upgrade at the position. They're not willing to go use a, a rookie. They'd rather spend their first or second round pick get a proven commodity at a position of need. And so that is where I believe things will be headed for several teams this offseason. So I'm going to go ahead and drop that note right here on February 23rd on the Pro Football Chase podcast. Do not be surprised to see a couple of headline trades where you're going to have some veteran, all-pro, pro bowlers on the move. I know the Dallas Cowboys are talking about the possibility of cutting Mark Cooper and, and Tank Lauren, the cap casualties, um, trying to save up money. I don't know. Cooper, unable to restructure deal on Dallas' decision to say, you know what, we're going to move on from Cooper. They could look to a trade. You know, they, they could very well use Amari Cooper um, if their first-round pick, which is pick number 24, to trade up to, say, the Jets, who are picking in the top 15, and they could move up their draft selection by moving a player like Cooper. Maybe they get another third or fourth-round pick. They get rid of his salary, and they are able to improve their draft stock. So that could be a big player on the move, right? I know in, in New York, with the new GM in tow there, um, there could be a lot of veteran players that are on big contracts that could see the axe. I know James Bradbury is a name that I've heard that could be cut from the Giants uh, because of his high cap number. And you know that they're really trying to just re reload and, and start from scratch, trying to, to get that cap space in a good, healthy situation. So there are some names over there that could be hitting the free agency market. We already seen a couple of, uh, High-profile free agents. We know Dante Fowler was cut from the Falcons. And then just yesterday, the Chiefs announced they cut uh, team captain Anthony Hitchens, was on their Super Bowl-winning squad, former Dallas Cowboy, drafted by the Cowboys, um, a hard-nosed linebacker, a run-stuffing linebacker, a guy that probably should see another job come his way um, in the coming weeks. But teams are already starting to make some some big uh, cap moves, you know, cutting some players, and it, it's like that every year. I know Zadarius Smith. For the Green Bay Packers, Preston Smith for the Green Bay Packers, the two outside linebackers. Those are two players that could be cap casualties. Jarvis Landry yesterday taking a Twitter um, saying that he has told the Browns that he wants to stay in Cleveland. He's due to have a $15 million plus cap hit for the Cleveland Browns and they can save $14 million if they cut him and take minimal dead money. So they're is a strong likelihood that the Browns could decide to move on from Jarvis Landry. Um, and so if he ends up on the open market, you know, he's going to be highly sought after maybe return to his hometown of new Orleans or Louisiana. Um, and so that's another big veteran that could be getting cut here very soon. I know his reps are set to talk with the Miami dolphins at the scouting combine, but 
Uh, I think a lot of these moves will come around the scouting combine um, time frame because this is when these conversations are happening between teams and agents. And so it's something that's going to be fun to monitor, fun to track. Um, and I look forward to bringing you the coverage on my pages at Pro Football Chase. If you're not following me, you can follow me at Pro Football Chase on Instagram, um, at P Football Chase on Twitter, and then at Pro Football Chase on Facebook as well. I'll be putting up, you know, minute to minute updates as to who's going where. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, where is he headed to next? Do the Niners feel ready and competent enough in Trey Lance to finally part ways with Garoppolo, which all indications are that that's the case. Garoppolo will be ending up on a different squad. We'll see just exactly the trade value that the Niners are able to get from him. Because again, guys, a lot of teams, the hunting quarterbacks, the Steelers could be a landing spot, right? You know, the commanders could be looking to acquire a veteran. The Broncos are looking for a quarterback upgrade, you know. And so I think once this Aaron Rodgers situation plays out, if he returns to Green Bay, the first domino falls, then the other teams can start making plans as to how they're going to try Russell Wilson's name. Keeps being thrown out in trade discussions. Kirk Cousins' name keeps being thrown out in, in, in um, trade discussions. The Carolina Panthers are rumored to have contacted the Vikings about what it could potentially, um, what they'd want in a trade for Kirk Cousins. Teams are desperate for QBs, which is why we could see some big moves coming up with free agency on its way. Can't wait. It's going to be a fun off season. Buckle up, fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be good. Um, and I look forward to keeping you all in the loop of every move that comes. And uh, next week, I'll be back here on Wednesday. We'll talk about some new developments, perhaps, that are coming up. Maybe there's going to be some more high-profile high players that are going to be cut by next Wednesday. We'll break all that down for you and more as to what to expect um, moving into the NFL Combine and then the new league year on March 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That is the, when the legal tampering period begins. Agents can start talking with teams. Um, that's when the madness begins, the real March Madness. We know they have NCAA March Madness basketball, but NFL free agency, I believe, is the true March Madness. Well, um, again, I enjoyed this podcast, chatting up some topics. Look forward to next week. I appreciate your time. Um, thanks for tuning into the Pro Football Chase podcast. Have a great afternoon. Blessings.